Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of the men and women connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing. This special series is dedicated to our airmen's first-year stories. Hear from our wing's newest members, from enlisted aviators to electricians, aircraft maintainers to medics, and all jobs in between. These airmen have transformed from high school students to dedicated and involved members of the 133rd Airlift Wing family. In their own words, they'll share how they chose their military job, the connection they have with the team, and how they have changed from young civilian to American Airmen. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief, Mark Legvold. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Beneath the Wing First Year Stories. Today, I have Airman First Class Parker Hagland joining me. Parker's a 2022 graduate of Anoka High School, and he is currently in Air Force Tech School, and we're doing this remotely. Welcome to the podcast, Parker. Hi, thanks for thanks for having me. Absolutely a pleasure on our end. So you joined the military while you were still a senior in high school, didn't you? That is correct. How did that work? Um, well, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after my senior year. And one day the, uh, the Navy recruiters came into one of my classes and they kind of sparked my interest and kind of like introduced me to the military path. And then I actually had an uncle who was a retired Colonel. And so I reached out to him and asked him a lot of questions about it. And that eventually led me to the wing. That's great. Well, we're, we're glad that the Navy and your uncle kind of brought you along into our fold because it sure is a special place where we served. You enlisted in April. You graduated in June-ish of that same year. So what's it like as a high school student making that commitment and still having high school to finish, um, but you're still enlisted in the military? Did you, if I'd never done that before, it was totally foreign. What, what does that look like? Um, I mean, it kind of just, it gives you some structure and stability to what you're going to do next. You don't really necessarily have to like think about what you're going to do next because it's already planned out for you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So you, you already had 13 college credits when you uh, finished high school, you graduated. Uh, did you come out to the military base between that graduation date and when you left for basic training in August? I did. I went to two or three drill weekends. And as a not going to basic training uh, military member, what did that look like for you? It was definitely weird at first because I was just, I was in civilian uniform, just wearing normal clothes and everyone else is in the OCPs, the, the military uniform. And so I kind of just stand out to everyone. But it's also cool to see how things work before you're shipped off to basic. Were there other people on the wing just like you in civilian clothes? Yeah. One of my friends, Logan Hopkins, we uh, shipped out to basic at the same time. 
So we were we were at the wing together before. So even if even it with it being a little weird being in civilian clothes while we're all wearing our our Sunday best camouflage, uh, you still had people around you that you were still the same age going through the same experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you showed up to basic training, Parker. A lot of people that join active duty don't quite know what they're going to do when they join the military. Did you already know what job you were going to do? I did. I uh, I got to choose when I enlisted. I chose aerospace propulsion. Aerospace propulsion, which sounds fantastic. Are you a uh, are you a are you a rocket scientist? <laughs> no, I uh, I just I'm an engine mechanic. Great. What? So you're learning that job now, and you're in Texas, but you're in northern Texas, right? Yeah. So Shepard Air Force Base is up kind of close to the Oklahoma border, and a lot of new uh, jet mechanics go through that school. In fact, that's where everyone goes for jet mechanics school, right? Yep. Yeah. What uh, When you're going through your training, what's that jet mechanic certification going to look like when you come back and get fully trained up? Does that allow you to get a civilian job? Um, I would have to do a little bit of schooling afterwards, but it would definitely give me like a good foundation and starting point to get an A&P certification, which is aircraft and power plant. And that's what like all the major airlines use to hire mechanics. Awesome. So you'd have a leg up on your uh, civilian competition if you were out there looking for a job as a jet mechanic for Delta or Southwest or Sun Country or any of those big ones. For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, why did you choose that particular job? Did you have like an interest in working with your hands or, or does the idea of working on, uh, on jet engines, uh, is that in something you're enthusiastic about or how did you get pointed in that direction? Uh, I've always been very interested in cars and just recently the past couple of years I've been very hands-on and I always like building stuff up and breaking stuff down, kind of like Legos. And I think that just steered me towards being an engine mechanic. That's great. And I'm sure it's going to serve you well as you go along. Not only does that, you know, kind of mechanical aptitude get judged, but there's other aptitudes that the military needs. Can you, you had to take a test in order to get into the military. Can you describe that experience and what, what that test was like? Yeah. So the test is called the ASVAB. I'm not really sure what it stands for, but it uh, it, it was kind of long, kind of like your uh, ACT, but way easier than the ACT, and for me at least, and it was kind of a uh, it was an easy process. I went to the uh, MEP station downtown Minneapolis and did a bunch of processing stuff. And the test was about three hours and you got your results almost immediately. And then that'll tell you, depending on how you score, that'll tell you what jobs you can pick. Great. And so you basically were told by that score, whether you'd be good in administration or mechanical stuff, uh, just some general skills. It measures a lot Correct. and tells you a lot about you as a worker and as a person, doesn't it? 
Yeah. And ho- thankfully you got a high yeah. enough score on the mechanical part to qualify for the job that you really wanted. Do you know if there were other jobs that you were qualified for? Um, I scored high enough to qualify for pretty much every job. So your, uh, your Anoka high school experience has prepared you pretty well to be successful on that test. Yes. Great. So you chose your job. You went to basic training and basic training's in a different part in Texas. It's down in San Antonio at Lackland. Uh, what was that experience like for you? You showed up, you're in civilian clothes and what is there about 70 people or so just like you? Yeah, there's, there's about 70 people and, uh, it was, it's all very confusing at first. You don't really know what you're doing. You're kind of thinking like, what have I got myself into? And everyone's telling you where to go. It's very hot too, even though I went down in late August and it's just a long experience but as long as you put your mind to it it's not too hard what did you do to get ready for that experience you didn't just go in there cold did you no i i was constantly like watching videos on youtube about the bmt experience that'll only get you so far though because obviously they can't tell you everything and I was working out a lot, running a lot, and I believe that helped me the most was preparing physically because that's pretty much the only thing you can prepare for. And I was I didn't have to worry about the physical expectations once I got there. Were you a little scared showing up there? Of course. Yeah. What was the uh what was the thing that made you the most anxious about it? Um, not really knowing what it was going to be, because I, I still kind of had no idea what, what it was exactly going to be like. And of course, not being able to contact like my family a whole lot. That, uh, that must have been hard. Was that the biggest challenge or the, the hardest thing that you had to go through at, at uh, tech, basic training? Yeah, I'd, I'd say not being able to talk to your family or friends and see them every day would be the hardest part yeah you kind of got used to that i'm sure growing up but did you uh did did you make a lot of new friends down there yeah and it's really unique seeing people come from all over the country even some people came from outside the country and it was just cool to see everyone's like different experiences so far in life was that the most diverse group of people you've ever met and worked with I think it was. Yeah, it was for me too. I that was the first time that I really started hearing accents a lot more frequently from around the country. It was uh, yeah, super yeah. unique, and that was a long, long time ago for me, Parker. What was the highlight of basic training for you? Um, I want to just I want to say, like laughing with all the friends that you make. Cause you're all going through the same thing and there's, there's a lot of funny things that happen, but you kind of, a lot of, a lot of my friends say it's the funniest place you can't laugh. <laughs> it's a great description of that is uh, you've, you graduated from uh, basic training then that's usually a pretty big ceremony. Was yours pretty huge? Yeah, there's, 
there's a lot of people the the crowds are like filled and it's just really cool because that's the first day you get to see your family in two months and uh, got through that experience it's a fantastic formation I've, I've been to one since they've remodeled uh remodeled blackland and it's absolutely a wonderful patriotic uh experience and then just seeing so many people just starting their military life out so excited about it i'm sure you were one of them and once you graduated you got a chance to spend time with family a little bit down there in uh, san antonio correct yeah we uh we got to go around lackland and uh we got to explore san antonio go to a few restaurants it was fun. Eat a meal at a restaurant a little bit slower than they expect you to in basic, I imagine. Yeah, you can actually taste your food. Some things don't change. Um, so your family takes off, and then the Air Force sends you to basically a uh, another little bit less of a basic training field, but you are in, you're now kind of in student mode again, aren't you? Yeah. What's a normal day at class to become a jet mechanic like for you? So I wake up around five, I go eat breakfast, and then we start marching to class at around 6.30. And class starts at seven. And then you're in school. You get like an hour for lunch, which is pretty nice. And you, we're either in a classroom setting where we're taking notes, learning about new topics, or we're in a hands-on setting where we're actually like working on the engines. And that's my favorite part because we actually get to learn how to be mechanics and use our knowledge. And you're in school until 3.30ish. So it's not too long of a day. Mm -hmm. And then is there studying outside of that? Or are you pretty much done with... Uh done with school for the day and done with any kind of structure at three o'clock after afterwards i like to study i'll uh i'll make note cards because that helps me out a lot and that only it'll only take up like an hour of my afternoon is studying so it's not too much what else do you do with your spare time while you're there most of it goes towards the gym I love being in the gym and I'll spend like an hour and a half and then I'll go eat dinner and then kind of just wind down, relax. So you're getting paid to go to, you know, jet mechanic school and you're getting paid to work out all at the same time. Yeah, it's great. What's next? Free food? Yeah. How's, how is the food at Shepherd? I mean, when somebody thinks about a, a military meal, I, a lot of people think those brown bags that we see that can stay on a shelf for over a decade and still be edible. What's the food like at a military technical school? So the food here is amazing. There's pretty much anything you can think of. Uh, they got like, they got grilled stuff. Um, burgers which is one of my favorites uh everything changes every single day besides breakfast breakfast is always the same uh you can custom order an omelet i always get that and i don't think i'll ever get tired of the food here 
and eventually you have to leave. Parker, you shared with me that you're going to be finishing up your technical school here in the around the 1st of March. Is that right? Yes. Yep. And then uh, you get to fly home um, and show up back here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Are you pretty much done with the military then until the next drill weekend, or do you start back up at the base? How does it look once you're done with tech school? So I fly home March 2nd, and I don't know if I start right away, but there's seasoning days at the base where it's kind of like on-the-job training, and that ranges from anywhere to 30 to 90 days. I'm not sure yet, but... That's what I'll be doing right after tech school. Great. And that that's you're working alongside people that have been doing the jet mechanic job in the in the military on our C one thirties for several years, right? Yeah. Yeah. About how many people are in your shop that you're gonna be going back to? I'd say close to twenty people. Awesome. So Getting back March 2nd, it's going to start to feel a little bit like spring. Thankfully, you're not going to deal with our Minnesota winters. I was sharing with Parker before we got uh, recording today that it's it's negative three in Minnesota today and just a good day to hibernate and stay inside. Um, you're there in Texas. You get a chance to work out and have, have some good meals, um, get paid to go to school. Do you know how many college credits, actual college credits you're earning while you're down there? So I remember our instructors telling us the amount but we get awarded an associates of applied science degree from the uh air force college community college of the air force and i think it's around 20 to 40 credits i believe 20 to 40 college credits and and those are college credits you're not going to have to pay for they just show up on your transcript correct yeah, under, understanding. Parker, I'm not sure. Do you have the goal of uh, going through and finishing your bachelor's degree eventually? I do. And I want to finish it as soon as possible. Absolutely. So those college credits through the Community College of the Air Force, they count toward a bachelor's degree at like the University of Minnesota, don't they? Yeah. Awesome. I know I used mine uh, and applied them toward my bachelor's degree and it sure does help it's basically college credit you get paid to get that's great hey when you were back at anoka as a senior in high school or even a junior in high school think about to, uh, what parker Hagelin looked like uh walking around the halls as a uh, anoka tornado how are you a different person today than you were then how's the air national guard in your experience in the military changed you already um I would say I'm much more mature and obviously I look different physically because I don't have all the hair that I used to have and I've gotten bigger. I used to be pretty skinny, but the Air Force helped me get stronger and I've grown to like almost become an adult. Obviously I'm still 18, so I'm not fully an adult yet, but I know how to manage my time now, make schedules, and just be like way more responsible than I used to be. It is a great transformation that a lot of people go through, Parker, and, and hearing you reflect on that a little bit makes me wish I was starting back up again, but uh, 
sometimes I need that sense of scheduling and, and discipline. Knowing that you are going into something that uh, is going to be a part of your life for a while, what do you think Parker Hagelin is going to look like four years from now? I uh, I hope not too different because I, I like being me, but I'd say I'm pretty close to like settling down, maybe buying a house by then and just being set for the future, I guess. I think the uh, the me that you are right now, Parker, is a, is a, is a good one. Uh, one of the things that folks uh, stray away from the military is they feel like they will lose their sense of identity or individuality. Did you? I I didn't. Uh, after it feels weird adapting to normal life after basic for a little bit. You kind of feel like you're still in. 100% basic military training mode and your friends are kind of looking at you weird like why are you saying the things that you say but after after a little bit it wears off and then you're just you're still the normal person that you used to be you're, you still have your personality so you, you'll get a chance to keep that you'll get a chance to come back put on our, our fun camouflage are you going to work one weekend a month uh do a couple weeks a year and and that's going to be your military experience are you hoping for a little bit more full-time work if there's so i've been that's one of the things i've been thinking about lately and uh if there is like a full-time uh, availability at the shop i'll definitely try to take it because i i genuinely like what i'm doing right now Yeah, the, the food and the, the free clothes are always good, right? Yeah. But the people you get to, a chance to work with are, are also pretty darn unique. You got a chance to meet people from around the country, even other countries at basic. Uh, going through the tech school experience, you're still working with a lot of folks from around the country. You're going to return home to Minnesota in March. You're going to work with a bunch of uh, folks from Minnesota or western Wisconsin that go on into the base and is that a different feeling? I mean, I know you got a chance to experience it before basic training, but uh, is that a different feeling, the shop and the folks there at uh, our aircraft maintenance area? Um, different feeling as to as to what? Uh, basically, how they how they treat each other, how you, how they uh, they get people to fit in. Uh, that you know that they are going to be there for quite a long time. Some of the folks that have been working in our jet jet engine shop have been in the same shop with the same people for 10, 15 years and uh, still show up to work and in, for the most part, enjoy that. Did you get that sense of uh, of uh, family and togetherness for the time that you had with them? Yeah. Right away, it felt like, felt like the kind of experiences that I got with like my high school sports teams and everyone's kind of just joking around and it really feels like everyone like wants you to be there. Yeah. And, and they definitely do. Um, and we're, we're hoping Parker that, uh, you know, what you're learning and you're, you're taking away from Texas there continues. We have a mission to do. Um, it's an important one, but uh, that sense of family and togetherness that our shops have, uh, people feel that. And that's usually the reason people 
kind of gravitate, that feeling of a sports team. You were a sports guy growing up. Um, are you continuing any kind of, uh, you said you talked about your physical fitness and how the military and the Air Force has wanted you to stay up with that. What are the other sports? What are your hobbies? And are you going to be able to pursue that when you get back from tech school? Uh, I've always loved playing hockey and soccer. And when I get back, a lot of people have told me about the uh, the hockey team on base. So I'll definitely try to play on that. And as far as soccer, there's actually a, uh, a soccer team here at Shepherd that we play every Saturday. And we play against the uh, Saudi Arabians that are here. And so that's really fun. What have you learned about playing against the Saudi Arabian team? Uh, they're just like us, even though they don't speak our language. And they, they obviously can speak a little English, but they're funny. They're here for the same reason we are. And it's kind of fun to just forget about the stresses of school for a little bit and just play soccer. Little little known fact that Parker's sharing is uh, our United States military, uh, we also provide education and training for a lot of other countries, Saudi Arabia being one of our partners in, in uh, owning the same aircraft. And so they get a chance to go through the schools. And Parker, you've had a chance to uh, learn a little bit about different cultures just through your military experience already. Are you planning on traveling and taking other opportunities with the military if uh, other countries come up that you can travel to? I would love to. That was one of the reasons why I joined in the first place is because I want to see the world. And I believe that there's a lot of opportunities to do that in the military. There are. In fact, when our C-130s do deploy or go someplace to, uh, to support operations, and uh, airdrop for the for the army normally, uh, we bring our mechanics along with just in case something needs to get fixed on the road. I'm sure you're going to get the opportunity to do that. Um, what are your goals militarily and what are your goals civilian wise as we start to wrap things up here, Parker? Uh, what do you really hope to accomplish here in the next couple of years? Um, so I want to get my bachelor's degree for sure. And depending on where that takes me, I want to stay in the guard as long as I can. I believe like if I do get a full-time job, then I can, I can do that for quite a long time and just kind of set up my future and just have a stable future and be able to uh, not have to worry about financial decisions a whole lot. You talked about your bachelor's degree. Um, is the Guard, the Air National Guard, going to be some a supporting organization um, going through that? Do you know anybody else that's balancing kind of that military life, a civilian uh, life as a student, and then also a civilian job? Um, I don't really know anyone who's doing it right now, but I do have a cousin that's at the Guard base right now that she went through the the college education pathway through the guard. And so I've been kind of reaching out to her and she's been giving me a lot of good information. Sounds like a, a good person to get a little bit of advice and, uh, and mentorship from. 
Hey, I've been talking with Parker Hagland. He is a student at Shepard Air Force Base learning to be an aerospace propulsion specialist in the Air National Guard, the Minnesota Air National Guard. In other words, a jet mechanic. Hey, Parker, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing today and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. And I hope that uh, as you're listening to this, you uh, join us on our next episode of Beneath the Wing, where we continue to hear more first-year stories. As always, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing, where those connected with the 133rd Airlift Wing, Minnesota Air National Guard, share their stories of strength and success. We will be releasing a new first-year story each Tuesday and Thursday throughout the month of February, March, and April. If you think you are someone whose story could be a part of our Wings family here in Minnesota and are seeking direction for your next step in life, or you know someone who is, please explore our opportunities at 133aw.ang.af.mil and share these podcasts. If you're outside our local area but are still interested in serving in the Air National Guard in your state or territory, goang.com will get you started. That's goang.com. As always, I'd like to thank our public affairs section, especially Amy Lovegren, for her post-production and release work. I've been your host, Wing Command Chief Master Sergeant Mark Lightbold.